Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. My dad jokes that when I was like a five-year-old or whatnot, he'd come down to the basement and I'd be with my little kitchen set. And I'd be on this pretend phone having conversations with my fictitious neighbors about my rebellious children. I'd be like, oh, you wouldn't believe it, Karen. Little Bobby is driving me crazy. <laughs> First of all, it says a lot about my um, assimilation that my child's name was Bobby, despite the fact I'm Indian and, mm-hmm. you know, Ravi might have been more appropriate. But yeah. um, I don't think there's ever been anything more that mattered to me than eventually becoming a parent. I mean, it's just, it's always been a guiding force. That's me, Maya Shankar. As you can probably tell, we're mixing things up on today's episode. Instead of coming to you as the host, Maya Shankar, cognitive scientist, I'm coming to you as just me, Maya. Recently, I was on my way to finally becoming a mom, which had been years in the making. When my husband Jimmy and I learned I can't healthily carry a baby, we explored gestational surrogacy, having someone else carry our baby. This has involved fertility treatments, freezing our embryos, and finding a surrogate match. Things were finally coming together these past few months until we were thrown our own change of plans. I'd never intended to share such a deeply personal story, but then I realized that's kind of what this show is all about. My guests come here to process their experiences with change out loud, and I realized I wanted to do the same. So two days after I got some terrible news, I asked my producer and friend, Tyler Green, to turn on the mics and interview me. This is A Slight Change of Plans, a show about who we are and who we become. 
in the face of a big change. We started our conversation by talking about Jimmy and me and our search for a surrogate match. When we moved out to California, that's really when our journey began. And Mm -hmm. um, it's very scary, obviously, right? I mean, to trust someone so much that you're willing to put your child's development and well-being in their hands um, is nothing small, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, the, the surrogacy matching process is is so interesting. It it feels like you're you're dating again. Like you're looking at all these profiles of women who can potentially carry your baby and unlike a traditional dating profile which is like, you know, I love playing soccer and <laughs> making dinners. They're like, you know, here's my here's my gynecological history and here's the nature of my three births that I had with my own children. It, it feels totally nuts to be learning such intimate details about a person's medical history and to be judging compatibility based on based on these factors. It's like, hey, how's your uterine lining? Does it respond <laughs> well to fertility treatments? You know, like, that's nuts. Usually yeah. as I go about the world, I'm focusing on people's personalities and whether I like them and whether they like me. And, and suddenly you're in this world where all these bizarre metrics matter more than anything else, which is this person's pregnancy history and their ability to conceive. You're like, it's not Match.com anymore, but it looks almost the same. <laughs> There's all yes, these exactly. details that, wow, didn't know I needed to know that. Exactly. Um, so we're sifting through all these profiles and we come across one... Her name's Haley. Sorry. It's okay. And she just looks perfect. She looks perfect. She's smiling in her photo with Minnie Mouse ears on her on her head. It's a picture with her and her daughter in like Disney World. I read her profile. Um, she She's got three beautiful children of her own. Um, She's a stay-at-home mom. She is incredibly artistic and creative and builds amazing things in her home. Um, And she's also a social activist. And I still remember when I looked at her profile, you know, usually you write a paragraph about yourself at the end to just say, you know, why you're interested in being a surrogate and what draws you to it. And, you know, this is an opportunity for women to say, why they think they'd be a great surrogate for you. And she said, I feel so self-conscious talking positively about myself. I've asked my sister instead to, to share what, why she thinks, you know, I might make a great surrogate. And it was such a beautiful description of Haley, you know, generous in such a deep way, um, so loving, so caring, and so loyal. And, you know, at the time, I didn't know how much that loyalty trait would matter. Um, But it did. And so I still remember it was the middle of my work day and I go into a conference room and we meet Haley over video. And it was, it was like love at first sight. You know, that's the Mm. best way to describe it. I think um, we all felt so bonded to each other. I'd always seen it as such a liability. Like, why can't I carry this baby? Why can't I carry this baby? And when I met Haley for the first time ever, I thought, it's okay. Knowing her and and having it be her will make this 
will make this just as good, Mm -hmm. maybe even better, because I had the opportunity to get to know someone like her. And I had never felt that way before. You know, usually after a video call like that, you give both sides some time to figure out whether they think it's right. I think we just wrote to each other within like a minute, like we're in, and the other side's like, we're in. And so we might have been the fastest match that ever happened. I love that. Um, So what happens next? We plan to do our embryo transfer in February of 2020. So she comes out here and um, there's also there's also this like grading system with embryos. They look at the embryos under a microscope. And so it's like, oh, this one's a six double A and this one's a two DD. And you're like, is this predictive of anything? Like I'm walking down the street being like, is that person a six double A? Like, <laughs> what's Obama? <laughs> Six triple A for sure. Probably a seven, just a seven. <laughs> What's Beyonce? I need to know what Beyonce is. Like if Beyonce was a like three CB or like a two DD, that gives hope to embryos everywhere. Okay. Um, so anyway, we were, we chose our best looking embryo and mm-hmm. they were all genetically tested. So we had, you know, we knew that they were chromosomally normal. Um, so we choose, choose our best one. And um, I remember sitting in the ultrasound room that day because, you know, Kaylee was, she was so inclusive throughout the process. You know, I was like, do you prefer we're out of the room, in the room? Like at the end of the day, this is her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I can't imagine not having you guys in the room. So we're in the room and the lights go off. And I see them take our little girl embryo and implant her. And I, I was overwhelmed by emotion. And like, I didn't even, I don't think of myself as that kind of person. Like, Jimmy's the one who cries at Disney movies. Up, Mulan, The Lion (laughs) King. Like, I might get a little, you know, teary-eyed, but I was so surprised. And I think it was, we can cry for lots of reasons, but I think it was, it was a combination of so many factors. I think one was profound relief that this moment was finally happening. You know, it had been years in the making to just see it happening finally with like a real human, Haley sitting there, like that was overwhelming for me. And then I also just visualized her. I was like, oh, will she have thick curly hair like me? You know, you just have these images. I just imagined her with like, you know, I kind of had um, just a bunch of curls shooting off my head when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh-huh, so they had, there was no order. It was just randomness um, everywhere. I was like, I wonder if she'll have my, you know, Shirley Temple spiral curls. Um but with like an ethnic twist because they're, you know, kind of, it's, I have textured hair. I have to see those um, pictures, by the way. I'm not letting that go. I will send them to you. Um, and so, and I just remember holding Jimmy's hand so tightly and um, it was a beautiful moment. And, you know, we left and obviously we have nerves and whatnot. And I, you know, the way that it works, you're supposed to wait until 10 days after to do the formal blood work. But Haley wasn't going to wait. So she was going to the store, buying pregnancy tests. She proceeds to send us images of all the pregnancy tests she's been taking over the preceding days with the line darkening and darkening and darkening. And it's very positive. And she gets her blood test done. And we're having a baby girl, you Mm -hmm. know? And so we're over the moon. And we sign in via video to that first ultrasound. And we see her little heart beating. And um, in the same way that Haley was perfect to us, that little embryo seemed freaking perfect to us too. So Mm -hmm. cute. (laughs) And like the nurse said to Haley and us, 
your little gal's measuring perfectly, her heart's beating at a perfect rate, we're good. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we felt so relieved, you know, and we go home and and it's so funny how these surrogacy pregnancies work. You know, you want to be able to control things. So you're, you end up focusing on really small things like, is her multivitamin like the best version of the multivitamin? You know, like how much folic acid is she getting? You know, like you just start asking yourself all these really small things. It's a, it's like that iceberg analogy. You just see the tips. So you focus on all those things that you think are in your control. But underneath the surface, there's a ton of stuff that's yeah. totally not present to you and is totally out of your control. And it's about 930 at night. And all of a sudden, we get a text from Haley. And she says, are you guys up? And we immediately know something's wrong. Because like, why is she texting us at 1130 her time asking if we're up? We call her and she says, I just started bleeding profusely. And I think I may be miscarrying. And I'm not sure what's happening. And my heart just sank. And I was like, oh, my God, how is this possible? We just saw the baby a few hours ago on the ultrasound, you know, looking super healthy and happy. And Haley was healthy and happy. Like, it it just felt like a tragedy, you know. And to go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows within a six-hour period, it just felt cruel. Sure enough, she goes in the next morning for an ultrasound. And there's nothing there, you know. Like there was something there the day before, but there's nothing there today. That's what they told us. So she had miscarried. Um, And I will tell you the hardest part about a surrogacy journey is that there's a third person grieving along with you. And that's so excruciating. It's like Jimmy and I felt like we could manage our own pain. But to see someone who was so loving and only wanted to bring us joy, suffering and in pain and going through the physical trauma of a miscarriage, like bleeding throughout the entire night and horrible cramping and feeling nauseated and dizzy and all the things like, it's so horrible. It's so horrible to have a third person. And, you know, in our minds, we're thinking, because guilt is an inevitable feeling on all, on all sides. We're thinking to ourselves, like, we're the reason Haley had her first miscarriage. You know, that's what we're thinking. And and Haley's probably thinking, oh, why did this happen? Like, why, why, why couldn't I make this work? And we're all having these irrational thoughts that are not rooted in real things because you just want to find an explanation. You know, mm-hmm. you want to you want to blame someone and the easiest person to blame is yourself. Or yeah. like, who else am I going to blame? The universe? Like, I, I don't, you know, so I just wanted to blame myself. Um for everything. Um, and so, so that happens. And the reason why it was so painful, Tyler, is that it happened the day before we all entered quarantine in California. So we couldn't even grieve with our close friends and family, like the very small circle of people we had told about this pregnancy. And at this point, were you, were you thinking, I'm, I'm sure you had actually many thoughts at this point, like, should we work together with Haley again or somebody else? It's a great question. Um, we so desperately wanted to work with Haley and we were hoping doctors would tell us that we could, that it would make sense to. And fortunately, you know, they said, we have no reason to believe anything really about this situation. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of miscarriages at six weeks 
And we were really concerned at the time, like, will Haley be down for this? She just went through a traumatic experience and one that she did not, you know, you can sign up for this, but like, do you really know what that's going to be like, you know? And so one thing that really touched our hearts is when she said, I'm in this with you until the end. Mm -hmm. I will do this until you become parents. And just to catch us on, up on the timeline, so this is, this is again, March of 2020. Exactly. And then at some point you make a decision to try again or you're able to try again. Yeah, so we all get vaccinated. Um, but we try again. And so she comes out here and we go through the whole process again. So this is um, August of 2021. Okay. So it's August 2021. Haley flies out here and we just had a wonderful time because it was, in some ways, it was as though no time has passed, right? Because we felt so close to her. But in other ways, it was as though so much time had passed because you could see changes in the depth of our conversation and just how comfortable we felt with each other. Um, and so we go into the room and I can already feel some of the light, you know, PTSD feelings kicking in because this time when we're doing the ultrasound, I don't cry to do the transfer. I mean, you know, the embryo transfer. I'm just, I'm holding my breath more than I did the first time. Like I feel a little anxious, you know, and, you know, everyone's like, just stay positive, stay positive, stay positive. So I, so we stayed positive. And within two weeks, um, we got those darkening line pregnancy tests. Um, I told her that, you know, her, her hormone levels were super high this time. So I was like, Haley, you're pregnant AF. Mm. <laughs> so that was, our, that was our WhatsApp group name. Haley's pregnant AF. We'll be right back with a slight change of plans. Should you send that email you wrote while you were mad? Probably not. Probiotics can't help with all of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. Food choices, stress, or travel can throw off your gut health. That's where Ritual comes in. They made a three-in-one supplement called Symbiotic Plus with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. I make sure to take my Symbiotic Plus every morning, and I always appreciate that it's in a single minty capsule. Ritual prioritizes sustainably sourced ingredients and lower carbon packaging for its products, which is another reason I feel good about taking Symbiotic Plus. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slight. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash slight for 25% off. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. 
What could future you do with more travel rewards, a hotel upgrade, lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. When Jimmy and I found out that Haley was pregnant again, we were ecstatic. We had transferred one embryo and we felt so fortunate it had worked. Jimmy and I would go for long walks together and start imagining what life would be like with our little Chinese Indian baby. Um, and we named her like Karina was going to be our name. So it was pregnant mm-hmm. AF with Karina Shunker Lee. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's pregnant and, um, like clockwork on exactly the same day, Haley gets morning sickness as she did the first pregnancy. Um, everything's going super well. Her levels are looking super strong. And... I just start I just start feeling anxious as the six week mark approaches because it, it feels very irrational. I'm like, there's no reason at all to believe that if there's a miscarriage, it would happen, you know, at the six week mark, right? Like it could happen at seven and a half weeks. It could happen at, you know, 20 weeks. You just don't know in this process. So I felt like I was getting irrationally anxious. Um, so I kept trying to talk myself off the talk myself off the ledge and be like, there's no reason to believe this would happen. Um I'd set up an email address for Karina um, and I'd been sending her emails along the way about the pregnancy about Haley. It's like, Hey, you know, Hey, little Karina, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. mom, you know, here's an update. And I, I remember I wrote to her the night before I said, Hey, um, tomorrow's a really big milestone for us. um, Because if we get through it, like it's, it's one day more, you know, that next day it's one day more than the last pregnancy. And I just feel like I'll feel some relief. Um, it's Tuesday morning. I wake up and I have relief because I look at my phone and I'm like, there's no message from her saying that she bled overnight. And then she texts us saying, you know, I, I was a little scared this morning because I woke up not feeling morning sickness. Mm. She had had other days like that. So it wasn't immediately alarming. And then at 1030 a.m., I get a message from her and she says, I just had a gush of blood. And my heart sank. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. How is this happening again? Like on exactly the same day as last time? Like it just, it didn't make any sense. And so we call the doctor and they, they're like, okay, it could be a miscarriage. However, it could be another thing. It could be a hematoma, right? It could be that there is some blood pooling in that area and it just needs to get out. Um, why don't we have her go get an ultrasound? And so even though she's like actively bleeding, she goes to get this ultrasound and 
we're expecting the worst. I mean, I'm an optimist. So of course, until you tell me like, no, there's nothing there. I'm always going to hope. I'm always going to hold on to that shred. I think Jimmy at this point had just given up. He was like, Maya, all hope is lost. And this incredibly kind doctor is on the call and he's doing the ultrasound. He's like, there's your baby. And her heartbeat's perfect. It's 160. She's measuring exactly as she should at six weeks. And oh my God, there is that hematoma. Like there is this blood pool. And so that does explain the bleeding. Like you guys are good. And we, and and I was just sobbing, like the relief that I felt. Oh my gosh, there's an explanation. And our baby is looking great. And we're going to have this child. And then he goes over the area again and he goes, oh my God, there's another one. Hmm. Like you guys are having twins. <laughs> and that one's also perfect. That one has a beautiful heartbeat and is measuring great. You guys are having twins. And Haley was so happy. And I remember in that moment, I said to her, I said, look, I'm grateful for one or two. I don't, I don't, I didn't need two. I just, just wanted one, you know, but what matters to me most is that it's with you. And so I just kept saying, I was like, I wanted this to be with Haley. I wanted this to be with Haley and it's with you. And we get to do this journey with you. And Jimmy and I take a walk at this point of the day. We're like, let's just get some fresh air. And now we're planning our life with twins. We're thinking to ourselves, maybe we need to buy a home. There should be mm-hmm. like many bedrooms. And how are we going to care for twins? And we start thinking about a second, you know, Haley had said, I guess it's time to start thinking of another name. So we're like, what goes well with Karina? You know, and we just start brainstorming. Mm-hmm. And we have this walk and it's just like we're floating on air. You know, it. it we can't wait to tell the people who we've told that she's miscarried to that it's actually the opposite. And like, we're not even just getting one, we're getting two. <sighs> so I go back home and I text Haley and I say, you know, I, I deleted the what to expect app on, on my phone this morning when I got the news about the blood because I didn't want to get my hopes up and I just wanted it. I wanted to remove all evidence of that of my phone. And I said, maybe I should reinstall it. And her response was, Guys, I the thing that I've been bleeding out recently, like it's not it's not blood. Mm. And she takes a picture of it and we send it to our doctor and our doctor calls us. We're like, could this be anything? Could this be like what is this? You know, Jimmy studied biology in college. He's like, My my, that's his nickname for me. He's like, My, mm. this is not a blood clot. I'm so sorry. Mm. And when the doctor looked at it, I just remember I heard I heard the sound in her voice. She's like, you know, you could hear it. Like I knew the answer before she said it. She goes, I'm just so sorry, guys. I can't believe this has happened. And um, it's hard to describe what that feels like. I wanted to throw up. I felt totally nauseated and disoriented. I felt so sad that Haley was suffering. I felt so sad she was going through this trauma again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was confirmed via ultrasound that there was nothing there anymore the next morning. And the hardest part of this process was learning that our embryos were actually great and Haley was great, but very likely there's some sort of incompatibility 
between our biologies. The doctor's best guess right now is that her immune system sees our embryos as foreign in some way. I asked my doctor, I said, have you ever seen this before? And she said, no. And I, I think there is a, there is a bizarre immune response happening here. And what that meant is we can't work with her anymore. Mm. And she said to me this morning, she goes, it is so cruel that a relationship that is so compatible is biologically incompatible. And you just can't fight biology. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, the doctors are like, this would probably happen again. And we can't put you guys through that. You can't put yourselves through that. You just have to find another surrogate. And what's, again, astonishing to us is like, Haley was willing to try again with us and again and again, because that's the kind of person she is. Yeah. And I'm just overwhelmed still that someone would go through this, go through this pain because she's so eager to make us happy. It's an incredible gift. I've never met anybody like her in my life. I probably never will. Yeah. As I'm hearing you tell this story, I just want to acknowledge that it is incredibly harrowing. And um, what you've gone through over the last few days is is, um, is horrible. And yeah, I am uh, so sorry. Thank you. You know... Um, I'm also struck by the fact that you have gone through this experience twice now and that the first time that Haley miscarried was back in March of 2020 when COVID was beginning for all of us. And and I just remember that the world was sort of changing overnight for, for many of us. And then on top of that change, you had this other incredible loss and... I'm curious, what, what was that experience like? It was really hard. It's very lonely. It's very isolating. You feel like people can intellectualize it, but also maybe not just fully understand the emotions behind it because I didn't fully understand the emotions behind it until I went through it myself. I just didn't. It built, it built my empathy so much. And the way that I dealt with it, Tyler, was um, I was like, I have to make something good out of this. And then <laughs> it's funny to think back. I've just forgotten about this until you mentioned it. Like, I thought of this podcast idea called A Slight Change of Plans. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a grief project for me. It was my way of trying to find meaning and answers in a situation that I couldn't find meaning and answers in. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to navigate the, the change that was happening in my life. I didn't know how to navigate the miscarriage. I didn't know how to navigate COVID. I didn't know how to navigate all the loss that was happening in the world. I didn't know how to navigate the racial injustice. I, 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 I felt completely overwhelmed and, and I just thought to myself, I know that I'm not alone in not knowing how to navigate this moment. I know that there is a treasure trove of wisdom out there on how to navigate change, especially unwanted, unexpected change. And it's just a matter of finding those stories and learning from them. And that's what led me to build the show. Hmm. It came out of a personal desire to understand how it is that people navigate change. And 
to learn from them because, you know, I'm a scientist, right? A cognitive scientist. I study how the mind works. I study change. I know the science, but the science was falling short for me. And I felt like I needed to hear people's stories and I needed to emotionally connect with people. It strikes me as I think I knew that, but I'm just hearing it for the first time um, that this was your grief process, right? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that correctly. Like this was how, you, in a way, how you grieved, right? Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't think I really made the connection fully until this moment where um, everyone grieves differently, you know? Like I was, I was talking to Michael Lewis after the tragic passing of his daughter, and he said, Maya, no one knows shit about grief. Mm-hmm. Everyone's telling me how to feel. Everyone's telling me what book to read. Everyone's telling me to do this and see this therapist and talk about, no, I need to create the Michael Lewis plan, how I grieve. And he's so freaking right about that. Like, there is no one-size-fits-all recipe for how to grieve. There's no one-size-fits-all recipe for how to change, how to deal with change. And that's a sobering realization. When you're in the throes of grief, you just want answers. You want a solution set. And you can't get it. And so what you do instead is realize, well, I have to find, I have to create a Maya plan. And I do my best when I'm active and I throw myself into passion projects when I'm in a bad place. Like that is, everyone has their own recipe, but for me, that is how I heal. To process out loud, to be open with people, to throw myself into creative projects that can hopefully help people and make people feel stronger. So Maya, we've been talking for the last couple of days and it, it, it might be too soon to answer this question, but I'm curious to know what you've learned about yourself from, from all of this. I learned that I'm really bad at acceptance. I always want to justify things. I always want to resist the randomness in our world that I know is just randomness. You know, I don't, I don't have religious or spiritual beliefs that that help guide me through these situations. I do just believe in people having bad fortunes in life, you know? Um, But I'm bad at acceptance, which means I tap into a very natural part of my psychology, which is to tell stories, to try Hmm. to make sense of this, to try to find something good that can emerge from this experience. It's one of the reasons I'm talking with you today, because I need something good to come from this. And if one listener hears this and feels that they're not alone, then that is a silver lining. I want everyone to know that my husband and I went through this um, because the more we talk about it, the more we can support one another. I think what I learned is um, you don't, as a person, you don't even grieve the same way every time. I'm grieving, I, I, I don't know yet all the ways, but I feel like I'm grieving the loss of these twins differently than I did the loss we had last year. Yeah. It feels very different. And in some ways, in some ways it feels strangely easier because I feel stronger because I know mm-hmm. that I, I've known, I know that I've done this before, and I did make it out the other end. And maybe that's the hope I can give to listeners. Like, 
these experiences can make you stronger. You can learn how to, you can learn what helps you build resilience in your life along the way, and you can try to do that. What would you say to Haley in this moment? That I love her. And life works in really interesting ways. You don't know the kinds of people that you'll meet and how they'll touch you. So it's a gift. It's a gift that we got to know her. That's why I, that's why the regret part of my brain has just kind of turned off because I'm like, wait, if we hadn't gone through this experience, we wouldn't have met this wonderful human being. And like that counts too in life, right? We've, we should be putting weight on that too. Humans who come into our lives and enrich our lives. Like life is not just about achieving a series of outcomes. It's also letting in and creating space for unexpected beautiful gifts. And I think that's how we feel with her. I have such a deep appreciation for you sharing this story today. And I think that um, in you being so open, it is really going to help a lot of people. And um, I just want to give you a chance. Is, is there anything else that you'd like to to share? I mean, I guess one thing I'd share is I feel closed off right now about the idea of a new surrogate entering our lives. It's so fascinating how these bonds form, but it almost feels like a betrayal. Like, how could I do this to Haley? Like, how could how could we have somebody else? And obviously she was saying, like, you guys deserve a child so much. And, you know, she would only ever be so supportive of our next steps. Um, but instinctively, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get close to them. I, I don't want to have my heart broken again. I, I I want distance. Like I can feel my protective defense mechanisms kind of in high alert. And I talked to uh, our agency, um, our surrogacy agency folks, and they've been amazing. And um, one of them said to me, you know, Maya, your, your future surrogate deserves your most loving self. Hmm. That had an impact on me. She does deserve it. And it wouldn't be right to shield her from the love and gratitude that I feel. And so that means that I just need to put in effort and hard work to get to a point where I can open myself up again before embarking on this journey again, because she deserves to have all of Jimmy and me right. um, and all of our openness and all of our love. And so... I guess as I look at next steps, that's my first next step before any of the logistics is <laughs> like figuring out how to feel hopeful and open again. Join me next week when I talk to Oscar-nominated actor Riz Ahmed. We talk about how finally playing a role based on his own life has changed his understanding of himself. It's the one role I never get to play as someone like myself. I, I, I realized that up until this point as an actor, I'd become adept at molding masks um, and wearing them for other people and representing other people. And I realized that actually the next stage of growth is about not molding and wearing masks, but taking them off. 
A Slight Change of Plans is created, written, and executive produced by me, Maya Shunker. The best part of creating this show is getting to collaborate with my formidable Slight Change family. This includes Tyler Green, our senior producer, whose unrivaled empathy and kindness made this episode possible. Jen Guerra, our senior editor, who brings so much heart and conscientiousness to her work on the show. Ben Tolliday, our sound engineer. Emily Rostek, our associate producer. And Mia LaBelle, our executive producer. Luis Guerra wrote our delightful theme song, and Ginger Smith helped arrange the vocals. A Slight Change of Plans is a production of Pushkin Industries, so big thanks to everyone there. I'd like to extend my heartfelt thanks to Haley, my dear friend, for her openness in having me share our story with all of you, our fertility clinic for their compassion and support during our experience, and to Michael Lewis for his friendship and advice. And of course, a very special thanks to Jimmy Lee. You can follow A Slight Change of Plans on Instagram at Dr. Maya Shunker. And please remember to subscribe, share, and rate the show to help get the word out. See you next week. Um, so spoiler alert, Jimmy and I are not chill people um, about this sort of thing, right? The health of our future baby. Like Haley was telling us that um, she came home on a Saturday and unbeknownst to her, her husband had bought a bunny, Oscar. Okay, now... Typically, this would just be like, a, you know, Haley's my friend. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so much fun. You guys have a bunny. Send me pictures. You know, how'd you decide on the name Oscar? Right. That's a normal conversation. And instantly, Jimmy and I are like, is this a pregnancy hazard? <laughs> we go down. We go down a rabbit hole. No pun um, of doing research on like PubMed and like, are there any viruses that rabbits carry that can potentially be transmitted to humans? And I just remember there was this moment where Jimmy turned over to me and um, moves his laptop so I can see what he's looking at. And it's like, he's at like rabbitwelfare.co.uk looking at health facts. And he looked at me and he's like, my, I never thought it would come to this. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. 
Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.